Welcome to Outbless Weekly, the four-day-a-week Bible study led by Michael Metcalf. Join us live or listen to Outbless Weekly podcast later at outbless.com. Listen as Michael teaches the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, in an easy-to-understand format as he is led by the Holy Spirit and brings the Word to life. Listeners learn how God outblessed us all by sending Jesus Christ to die on a cross to pay for our sins and how God raised him from the dead three days later. Jesus is the risen Lord and Savior and is actively working in every believer's life to outbless them today. Come and listen to the heart of a servant and be outblessed again. Well, Father God, we come before your mighty throne again and what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, our King. That's what we just sang and it is so true, Lord. And so it is the most powerful name that has ever been spoken upon the earth and anywhere else. And Lord, it is because of your name that we are here today, gathered together to read your word and to give you glory and to give you praise and to say thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you for for helping us, for healing us, for saving us, for blessing us, for teaching us, for correcting us. And Father, making a way where there was no way for us to go to heaven. And so I'm just so grateful to be your kid. And what a good, good father you are, Lord. So thank you, God, for all your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done in our lives already and all that you will still do. And for all the promises that are in your word. God, I pray that you help us uncover every single one of them and that each and every one of those promises would apply to us, Father. So help us to be obedient children, Lord, that are well-pleasing in your sight so that we may have every blessing that you promised for your kids, Lord. We want them to apply to us, and so we're diligently seeking you and we're diligently following after you today, Lord. So we commit this time to you, and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would be our teacher now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Psalm chapter 97. The title of this message is The Lord's Power and Dominion. And so if you have a Bible, turn to Psalm chapter 97. And we read um, this verse in verse one of chapter 97. It says, the Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice and let the many islands be glad. What a great title. First of all, it's about the Lord's power. And so think with me just for a second about the Lord's power. Well, it was demonstrated first in creation. It's the power to create. It was the power to give life. It was the power to grow either vegetables or trees or fruits or animals or babies of any kind. The power to bless the power to correct, the power to judge, the power to punish, the power to destroy. God's power is complete. And then he says the word and dominion. And dominion is means complete control. And so it's his and he's in complete control of all of it. And that's really what that means. And so the Lord reigns and let the earth rejoice. If you know the Lord is a loving God and he reigns, he's fully in charge, it should cause you to rejoice. 
And so thank God that evil doesn't reign. And so the entire earth should be rejoicing, which means acting with thanksgiving and praise. How appropriate on this Friday, as we begin to go into the Thanksgiving week, that we would consider that. And so the whole earth should rejoice and give God thanksgiving for who he is and what he's done. But not just the whole earth. Listen to this. Let the many islands be glad. Wow. Islands seem like they're alone and they get beat against wave after wave. And as I thought about that last night, I thought, well, Christians are not meant to be alone. There's no such thing, right, as an island Christian. And so the islands are glad because they know God's power sustains them. And so even though there's wave after wave after wave, the waves are not going to wear them out. In other words, the power of the ocean is not stronger than God. And so too, we should be glad that God won't let the waves of life wear us out either. And so how do we do that? We gather together like we are right now and we read his word together and we pray together and we trust God's word together. And so we get through this together with God's help. And so he said, right before he left, he said, if I go to be with the father, he said, I'm not gonna leave you alone as orphans, but I'm gonna send you a helper. And that helper was the Holy Spirit. And he is here now. He's in this room. He's on this call. He's hanging out with each one of you. And the Holy Spirit will protect you and help you and guide you and teach you and strengthen you and all these other promises that God's word said that he would do. And so thank God we're not like an island that's all alone just being beat up by the waves. God is with us. His Holy Spirit is with us. And you can take confidence today knowing that these waves, whatever these waves are that are coming upon you and at you, and even though they seem relentless, God's more powerful and you're going to get through it and so am I. So thank you, Lord, for that. Verse two, clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Wow, think about that. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. If it didn't, we probably couldn't handle his glory because it would be so bright. But it also seems like perfect conditions to birth lightning. Those of you who have been in many storms like that, it kind of gets dark and kind of cloudy and a bit scary. And that's when lightning starts to happen. And he says, righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Righteousness is doing what is right all the time. And justice rewards good behavior and it punishes evil behavior. Therefore, it's just. And so these are just the foundations of his throne, which is what his house is built on. Verse three says that fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries around about. Wow, fire goes before him. Fire consumes everything it touches unless it's pure, meaning without fodder. And so this speaks of instant testing and judgment and destruction of the impure. And then he says it burns up his adversaries round about. That means it consumes his adversaries, those that are against God's word, against his plan of sending Jesus Christ to the earth to die for your sin and rise again three days later. There are adversaries. There are people who are against Jesus Christ. And Jesus said himself, 
If you're not for me, then you're against me. And so you have to choose to be for Jesus Christ. If you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, then you're an adversary because you're against him, according to Scripture. And so what's going to happen if you don't bow your knee and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord? You're going to burn up. That's the idea. In verse 4, he said, His lightnings light up the world and the earth saw and trembled. First, I want you to notice this phrase. It says his lightnings. It doesn't say lightning. It says his lightnings. In other words, this is light which emanates from him. It then it says that it lit up the world, not just a local area like over your head, like you've seen lightning before. He's saying it lit up the world. That means the whole world. And then he goes on to say that the earth saw and trembled. And so I wrote down in my notes, when you see lightning big enough to light up the entire world, you're probably going to tremble. And if the earth trembled, because it says the earth trembled, that may be an earthquake. And so, man, imagine lightning going across the whole earth and then the earth trembling in an earthquake. And then I wrote in my notes, wait till you hear the sound of that also. That's going to be a very scary sound. And you're going to be in awe of God's power and all the earth are going to get on their knee and bow to the God, to God that has that great a power. And that's who he is. And that is the power that he has. And so listen to what happens now in verse five. He said, the mountains melted like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. And so worldwide lightning would be more than enough to make us tremble. But now we're talking about mountains melting like wax. Wow, they simply collapse like a candle. And so this implies tremendous heat, maybe lava, sulfur, gaseous explosions. But these giant mountains that surround the earth are going to melt. They're just going to fall down. And then listen to these words, at the presence of the Lord. And so this is what happens when he just shows up. His proximity, his power, and his glory caused this type of response, even from the mountains. And so he repeats it. He says that the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. And so his, present is, is, his presence is spoken about twice in the same verse for emphasis. It's not a mistake that he said it twice. It's on purpose and so he is Lord of the whole earth, not just some of it. And it's like, hey, the king has arrived in power and glory. Man, pay attention. Look what's happening. And my friends, someday that's exactly what is going to happen. God's going to come back to the earth and it's going to tremble and shake and everybody on it's going to see it and notice it. And it's going to be, wow, it's going to be bigger and stronger and more powerful and more radical than anything that they could have imagined. And so in verse six, he says, the heavens declare his righteousness and all the peoples have seen his glory. And so let me ask, do you have eyes to see? Do you, do you have ears to hear what we're saying? Listen to the word of God. He said, the heavens declare his righteousness. And so if you look up and you consider what you see, it's so awesome. It has to be because he's so righteous. That means he's fully correct in every way. 
and all the peoples have seen his glory. If you look up into the heavens with your eyes or a telescope, you can see how awesome and fearful he is. It's way too much power for mere man. The sheer size, the colors, the shapes, the mathematical exactness of orbits and properties of materials and light and more. When you see all these colorful lights and amazing artwork, they are the work of his fingers and they declare his glory. Wow. Verse seven, let all those be ashamed who serve graven images, who boast themselves of idols. Worship him, all you gods. So he says in verse seven, let all those be ashamed who serve graven images. In other words, graven images are nothing to be compared with the glory of God who made heaven and earth. And these things, who these people, they boast themselves of idols. Like some little idol can do anything or compare to God. No way. And so he says, worship him with a capital H, all you gods, little g. And so to worship means to bow down in submission and confess that Jesus is Lord. There is no other. No other can ever compare at all. And so gods with the little g, they're man-made or they're men in, in positions of power. And their power and their influence gets... Uh, gets to them and they deceive themselves into thinking that they're gods, but they're not. They're mere men or they're simply fodder for the fire. That's what he's saying. And so now in verse eight, he said, Zion heard this and was glad and the daughters of Judah have rejoiced because of your judgments, O Lord. Wow, check that out. Zion heard this and was glad. Zion is a reference to heaven. It means the citizens of heaven heard God judge the world in righteousness, and as a result, they were glad. Awesome. And then the daughters of Judah have rejoiced. The daughters of Judah are God's chosen people, and Judah means praise. And so the daughters of praise rejoiced because what? The Lord will right every wrong and do everything he promised to do. It's like a bridegroom who promised his bride. And that's what God calls us, the church here today. He said that we're the bride, we're the, we're the bride, and that he's the groom, that Jesus is the groom, and he's coming back to take his bride so that she can be with him where he is. And so the, all the people in heaven are glad, the daughters of Judah are glad, and here's what they're glad about because of your judgments, O Lord. Because God will judge the evil from the good. He will repay the evil people what they deserve. And he will reward the good people what they deserve. He is 100% fully correct, righteous every time. And that's why we should have gladness in our heart. Because as we look around our earth today, it doesn't seem like it's righteous. It doesn't seem like it's right. There's a lot of things happening upon the earth right now that not ought to be. But be encouraged, my friends, because God's not going to leave it like that. He's coming back and he's going to right every wrong. You can be sure of that. And so you can be glad that you know that truth. Verse 9, for you are the Lord most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. I like that. For you are the Lord most high over all the earth. 
This is a declaration of who God is. Who is he? He's the Lord most high. He's over all the earth. There's no one above him. There's no one more powerful. There's no one wiser. There's no one stronger. There's no one that's everywhere all at the same time. He's omniscient. He's ever present. He's awesome. And there is none like him. And so he said, you are exalted far above all gods. This means that he's lifted up. It means he's more powerful, more glory, more awesome. And he uses this phrase, far above, far above. That means much higher than any other. Not even to be compared. He's much higher, far above all gods with a little g. Remember, those are men in power of position or authority. And so all these other gods, false gods and people in power and position, they will all bow down and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord because the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so those who are alive right now in the age of grace, you can bow that knee now in humility and you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and ask him to forgive you for your sins, and he will. And he'll write your name in the book of life. You'll get born again. You'll end up going to heaven. You'll end up being outblessed for all eternity. Or you could be stubborn, and you could stick to your sin, and full of pride, and not be willing to humble yourself before God, and you're going to pay a terrible debt. Because after the age of grace is over, it's going to be too late. But every knee will bow and every knee and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Some that do it now unto salvation, others that do it too late under condemnation. And so now in verse 10, he says, Hate evil, you who love the Lord, who preserves the souls of his godly ones. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Wow, hate evil, you who love the Lord. Did you know that's part of God's word? I'm just reading it to you. He said, hate evil, you who love the Lord. That's a commandment to hate. What are you to hate? You're to hate evil. You're not to hate people, you're to hate evil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but from spiritual wickedness in high places, the word of God says. And so we should hate the evil. You who love the Lord. If you love the Lord, then you should hate evil. And he said, who preserves the souls of his godly ones. And so who preserves the souls of his godly ones? He does. He is. He preserves. And the souls, the souls speak of the eternal part. That's the part of you that will live forever forever and ever. He preserves your souls. Thank you, Lord. He preserves, which means to keep alive and provide for. God will preserve your soul and God will preserve my soul because we put our faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. That's why it happens. It's not earned. You don't deserve it. Neither do I. You can't pay for it. It's already been paid for by Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so now in verse 11, he said, light is sown like seed for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. Light is sown like seed for the righteous. Interesting. Light is sown like seed. That means it's planted. God has planted this light 
He's revealed his truth to you in your heart. And now it's expected to grow and produce fruit. And so why did God allow you to come to a place of faith in Jesus Christ? He planted those seeds of light so that it would grow inside your heart until it comes up out of your mouth. And that's what we need to do. We need to share the light. We need to share the truth. We need to share the love of God by telling people they could be forgiven for their sins too. And so in gladness for the upright in heart, when you walk according to the light, you're gonna have much gladness in your heart. When everything, my friends, is well between you and God, life is really wonderful. I'm not saying it's perfect. I know that the Bible says in this life, you shall have tribulation. Shall have means you're going to. We're gonna go through difficult times. But the Lord is with us. He says he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. And he means that. And so whatever you're going through and wherever you are today and wherever you're gonna be this weekend and whatever happens to you next week, the Lord is with you. And he's gonna walk with you and talk with you. And if you ask him for help with anything, he's gonna do it. Thank you, Lord. And so he closes now in verse 12. And he said, be glad in the Lord, you righteous ones, and give thanks to his holy name. Be glad in the Lord, you righteous ones. That's me and you. Are you glad in the Lord today? If you are, then it says this, and give thanks to his holy name. If you're glad, you should say so, and you should thank him. And when you're doing that, it should, it should include his name. It says, to his holy name, the name of Jesus Christ, the only name under heaven whereby a man or woman can be saved. And so, Father God, I thank you for what you've done for us. I thank you for saving us. I thank you, God, for forgiving us. I thank you, God, that you are in charge of all the earth. I thank you, God, that the heavens truly do declare your glory and your righteousness. And I thank you, God, that I know the truth that you're coming back to the earth and that your will is going to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And those days are coming soon and very soon. So, Father, prepare our hearts and prepare us to meet you face to face. And, Lord, as we celebrate Thanksgiving let us thank you for giving us your son, Jesus, more than anything else this Thanksgiving and help us, God, to share that amazing truth, the name of Jesus Christ, with everyone who visits our home, with every family member, with every neighbor, with every kid that plays on the street, anywhere we go when we're buying turkeys or whatever else it is that we're doing, any one of us, Lord. God, may every, every single thing that we say or do be a form of thanksgiving and be a way to tell someone else about the most amazing name that's ever been spoken on the earth, the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord Jesus, for being willing to die on that cross to pay for each and every one of our sins. And thank you, Father God, that you made it possible for anyone on earth to confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in their heart, God, that you raised him from the dead and that their names will be written in the book of life too, just like ours, and they can get born again and saved even now, right when they hear your word, if they just speak the name of Jesus Christ and invite them into their hearts. May it be so, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you for my brothers and sisters on this call. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. 
And thank you for the work that you're doing in each one of us, God. Help us now, Lord, pour some super grow on the seeds of light that you planted in our hearts. Help it to bubble up and to come out in praise. Help it to bubble up and come out in us sharing the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Outbless Weekly, the four-day-a-week Bible study by Michael Metcalf. If this study helped you, please join us again four days a week at outbless.com. You can listen live or listen later at your convenience. And don't forget to go outbless someone else today by sharing what you have learned. May the Lord richly bless you as you continue to study and seek His face.